you know, nobody can do this stuff all the time. You know, as mm. a parent, we aim for 70%. 70%. Some, some days, 50% is all we can manage. And sometimes even 10% can make a real difference in a relationship. <laughs> that I feel like is with everything. Parenting is yeah. so hard and you learn all these, like, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need yeah. to do this. And then when you feel like you're not doing it, 100%, 95%, 90%, you're failing. Yeah. It's like, no, you're doing it 90%. Girl, <laughs> you're over halfway there. And I also think that this is such a gift to our children because that voice in your head that says those things that you're like, oh, I didn't want to say that. They're going to have a different voice in their head because they're going to hear us and how we've spoken to them. And that's a real gift. Hey guys, my name is Shayla. Welcome to the Hey Shayla podcast. I went from full-time travel to full-time new COVID mom, and now I'm a mom of two. And holy wow, is motherhood and adulting a learning curve. There are so many decisions we need to make and a million ways to do it right. I created this podcast to interview some of my gurus to share their knowledge and empower you on your journey. Let me be your guinea pig and ask the question you think everyone else knows. Here, we're a little hippie. We try to do things as naturally as possible. We're open-minded and we don't take ourselves too seriously. But above all, we support one another and work to find what works. If you're into it, you're our people. Let's get started. All right, welcome back to the Hey Shayla podcast. Today I have Joanna Farber and Julie King. I said that right, correct? Faber. Faber, thank yes. you. Ju Joanna Faber and Julie King. They are the authors of several parenting books, including How to Talk So Little Kids Will Listen, A Survival Guide to Life with Children Ages 2 to 7. This is why you're on the podcast, because this book has changed my life. All right, we're keeping going. Nice. Literally, it has everything. Okay. As well as how to talk when kids won't listen, whining, fighting, meltdowns, defiance, and other challenges of childhood. They also created the apps, how to talk parenting tips in your pocket, which is a companion to the book and parenting hero together. They speak at schools, businesses, parent groups, nationally and internationally, and lead how to talk workshops to, and support groups online and provide private consults. I'm always bad at reading out loud. I would not have been good at doing the audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> you can find more information on their website, how to talk with dashes in between how to talk.com on Facebook for Faber, right? Faber yep. and King or on Instagram, how to talk dot for parents. All of them will be in the show notes in case you can't write that down soon enough. <laughs> um, thank you both so much for coming and chatting with me. I'm so excited to go over some of these topics and to just dive in a little bit deeper because this this information is so helpful oh that's so nice to hear thank you thank you for having us yes and it's and like I said it's just I think it's changed my life because it's changed the way that I'm mother and it's made it more cohesive instead of like fighting my kid to try and get them to do something yep just yep. the 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 tips and the tricks that you've given have like I can't believe that they work, to be honest. I listen and I'm like, <laughs> that's not going to work. And then I try it and I'm like, what? What? It's exactly what you said. Uh -huh. It's weird. It is weird. <laughs> well, okay, this is a random thought, but have you, you speak internationally. So does, does this stuff work universally? It, it's kind of amazing. We get, so our first book was translated into 28 languages and we wow. after it came out, we started getting emails from people in all over the world. Joanna, help me out. South Slovenia. Africa, Slovenia, China, China, 
Australia, um, France, Poland, France. Like we could go on, like all really all over. And we actually did a series of workshops in China where the typical parenting strategy, as you can imagine, is quite different from what we're writing about. And they were so excited to learn what we were teaching and they were using with their kids and coming back with great stories. So it really speaks to people from so many cultures. That is fascinating because I feel like family units, parenting styles, all of that is so different. But I guess your child is just running on biology, evolution, instincts, and we're running on culture, right? Mm. Mm. That's so fascinating. I, I I was actually never more nervous than when I was going to give a, a talk to a group of Chinese parents actually here in the New York, New Jersey area, because I knew them as, you know, very, you know, strict parents who have very high achieving children. And they actually wanted me to comment on the Tiger Mother book. And, and I thought, this is this is just not going to fly. Yeah. And it flew, you know, when they when when they did those exercises and they role played uh, the different responses, you know, with the with the parent, you know, threatening the child or the child or ordering the child around, then you would hear the audience call out all these angry, defiant responses. (laughs) And they loved doing the problem solving and they laughed and they and they you know, they said, we want to do this with our kids. Yeah. And they had memories of, you know, as, as children of parents, you know, being very strict with them or being more understanding and they had strong emotional memories. And I just, you know, came away with the conclusion that we're all human beings. Totally. We want to be heard. We want to be validated. We want autonomy. Um, And uh, yeah, it's, it's really cross-cultural. That's wild. Well, and and when you would give examples in the book of certain things that your kids want that just hearing for the first time, you're like, oh, that seems weird. And then you would give the example as an adult. You'd be like, mm-hmm. I mean, I've overdone this example because it just blew my mind. So we'll do it for the 17th time. But sure. my kid, we went to Starbucks and got a cake pop. And instead of saying, no, 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 like, stop looking over there don't oh how about this over here come over here did it and like distracting we went over we checked out the cake pop I asked her what she liked about it do you like the one with sprinkles or no sprinkles blah 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 blah. and to me that's counterintuitive because that's not Mm. how I was raised it was like you want something you can't have it we're gonna go the other way not oh I'm gonna look at it and see what you want and so as an adult if I have an idea and someone else disagrees with me and they dismiss my idea and start talking about theirs I don't care what you have to say. Like, I don't, I'm not interested in what you're, you explaining your idea. If you go, huh, Shayla, that's a, that's a really good point. I like what you're saying there. I actually disagree though, because of blah, 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 blah. Boom. I'm listening. Mm. Right. Yep. But you don't think about these things for your children for whatever reason. Yep. Yep. I think we, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Julie. I was just going to say, I think that, that oftentimes what comes out of our mouth is the voice in our head that was put there by our parents. Mm. And so many of us, had our needs and our feelings dismissed. Like, no, 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 you don't want that. Don't look at that. Yeah. It's not important. Mm-hmm. And so that comes out of our mouth when we see our kids having feelings we don't want them to have, you know? And and as you say, it's it's not helpful. It, yes. you know, it, it, 
Sorry. And Sorry. also, we have so many things we have to get our kids to do. We're, you know, we're managing them all. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and we're in this role and, and it's hard to step back. You know, when mm -hmm. you say, you know, you have to brush your teeth and your kid says, I don't want to brush my teeth. You're going to say, well, well, you have to, your right. teeth will rot and fall out of your head. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> it's my job as a mother to make you brush your teeth or as right. a father, yeah. as a parent. And, um, you know, it doesn't occur to us to say, oh yeah, brushing teeth. You know, you don't like that feeling of the toothbrush scraping on your teeth and it makes you feel kind of choky and you don't like the taste of the toothpaste uh to start with acknowledging the feelings uh, it just doesn't occur because we're so deeply set in that role but if we do that that's a great point then something opens up oh mom understands that it doesn't feel good and I don't like the taste of the toothpaste. You know, now we can move forward. Yes. Different toothpaste. Yeah. Uh, try different flavors. Or uh, it's fine. Oh, you know, yeah. I don't like it, but I have to or, do it. Or, oh, oh it's so hard to put up with, but we really have to do it. So we still have our teeth. What should we do? Should we play some, a funny song? You know, while we do it, we'll know by the end of the song it will be over. Or right. we, we have all kinds of things. Actually, is that in our second book? In our second yes. book about yes. games that you can play with brushing teeth, mm. that have, because that's a big challenge for a lot of parents. Because and, and I wanted to also add, when I first started talking about, because you wouldn't be surprised maybe how often I talk to parents about how to get their kids to brush their teeth. So it's like a popular topic because it's such a like every night you feel like yeah, every, right. some people do it twice a day. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, wait, as adults. Do we, do we have this reaction at night? Do we say, oh, I don't want to brush my teeth? No, we were like, I have to brush my teeth. I just do it, right? Mm -hmm. so, so when I first started thinking about this issue, I'm like, why? Why is this such a big deal? And then I actually thought to myself, what if my husband had to brush my teeth instead of my doing it myself? And he's not the most dexterous person, <laughs> let's just say. And I'm just picturing him coming at me with a toothbrush in my mouth and going like this. I'm thinking, no, I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Every <laughs> night. Right? Every night. Yes. And, you know, like I have a high, a, a quick gag reflex. And I can just picture it. He's going to be trying to get that little piece of food in the back. Yeah. I'm going to be throwing up. It's like, yeah. Now, I, now it gives me great empathy for my kids when I think we have to do that every night to them. Right. Wow. Totally. <laughs> But I, and you're right. And just like, and that's, so basically the, the thing, the summary of your book, this is my own personal summary uh -huh. is acknowledge your child's experience. Like that is what I got from it. Just acknowledge that there, and exactly what you said of, you have to do this role. This is this, sometimes you think it's fun to like learn all these tips and tricks, but like you're kind of in a hurry. Your kid wants to brush your teeth. Let's go. I need to keep you moving because then we have to put your shoes on. Then we have to do this. Then we have to do this. Mm -hmm. And so you're in your experience and your kid's kind of like not tagging along correctly. Like, come on, we just need to do this. Let's do this. If you can like get into their experience, it just moves like butter sometimes. Obviously not everything works hundred percent, but like that was, that was the shift for me. So instead of moving in like, Oh, I need to do this, but it's so hard with two kids now. Oh, I need to do this, but I can't do it. I was like, all right, this is, I just like got out of my own head and all these restrictions and got into their world and was like, okay, cool. Let's play Barbies. Cool. And now I'm going to go make dinner. Do you want to come with me? Or do you want to keep playing Barbies? Do you want to? And it just made it like, there was less dissonance. This is the only way that I can describe it. Like it just started to 
we started to coexist instead of I'm existing and you're tagging along. Yeah. Or I'm shoving you along, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or pulling you along. I think you hit on such an important point to me, which is that I used to have to remind myself when I had young children, which is sometimes the longer way is actually the shorter way. Because, you know, this, we're under such time pressure as parents, you know, we we have to get this cleaned up so then we can get you dressed and then we can get, you know, you out to school and not miss the bus um, or not be late for the appointment. And you want to say, you know, clean up your toys now. And when they say, no, I don't want to, you want to throw a threat. If you don't do that now, you won't get dessert after dinner. Yeah. Um, and, And you're trying to push through and make it fast. Yeah. But the slower way, which, oh, it's a pain in the neck to clean up toys, <laughs> you know, like it's much more fun to play with them. Who likes to put them away to start yeah. acknowledging feelings and see like, how can we make it a game? You know, should we set the timer and see how many toys we can throw in the bucket in in 60 seconds, ready, set, go. Uh, if, if we can think of a way to do it, you know, that goes along with the child's sense of, of experiencing the world, which is through play, you know, how mm-hmm. they interact and how they learn, then it, it it's more like butter it goes smoother it goes faster totally. but it's hard to reset and I, you ex- describe that so well and there's just one other thing you said that I wanted to highlight because I love it we talk a lot about acknowledging feelings but you broadened it and said acknowledge their experience how they experience things which now I want to go and back and rewrite the book and- <laughs> well even Talk like the toy it, example I, I really like that maybe they're in the middle of dinner with their dolls or whatever and you're like okay come on we gotta get in the car and it's like it's the middle of dinner I'm not gonna put my toys away all right we're gonna take a brief break to talk about expecting and empowered expecting and empowered is a pregnancy and postpartum workout guide and i recommend this to everybody that's pregnant or postpartum it's like the one thing that people are like are you gonna do that for your next pregnancy one thousand percent i was still doing these workouts like a year and a half postpartum and it does it only goes to 33 weeks anyway The pregnancy workouts prepare you for labor and the postpartum workouts repair you from labor. It has stretching, pelvic floor exercises, and the actual work. And what I love about it is it's created by a nurse and a physical therapist so you know that the workouts that you're doing are safe. And sometimes when you're pregnant, you're just not sure. Now you know. I'm an affiliate with them. You can use my code HeyShayla. If you have any questions about it, please DM me on Instagram, HeyShayla. All right, let's get back to it. Okay, so I want this podcast to be tangible things. So let's, because I feel like we've already given good examples without context or explanation. Mm-hmm. So kind of, I picked out a couple that I found helpful for me. I don't know. And it's so that I can talk about it too, I guess, from the book that you had written. So the one thing that, well, first acknowledging their experience, which we kind of talked about, but the second thing that actually blew my mind, and I don't know if this is a universal child thing or if my kids just, good at it or does it is pretend pretend has changed everything if she can't have a popsicle I will give her a pretend pop do you want to oh we're gonna play and now she'll be like how about pretend I'm like oh oh a pretend pop you could have five you want five pretend popsicles (laughs) you got it or if she needs a blanket to hide under and I'm like we're in target. I don't know. I'll be like, Oh, okay. Here, do you want a big one or a little one? And I'll whip it open and throw it over. Totally content. <laughs> is that no, is that, do I feel like some kids might not be on that pretend train. Some kids might be more logical, but like, can we talk about pretend a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I think that is true. Some I, I do have when I do workshops, I get parents who say, "My, I try to pretend," and he's like, "Mom, that's not a real blanket." <laughs> and so, for those parents, I say, "Use a different tool." Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, sometimes kids are they grow into pretend play, and some kids are just really into the logical, concrete. Like, I want to know how the world works, and don't mm -hmm. give, don't talk to me about pretend. Yeah. When it works, it does feel like magic. It is in a way like magic, right? I'm yeah. Like, and yeah, it's, you know, it's not just a trick. I like to tell parents, it's a way of acknowledging like your daughter wants to be hiding under a blanket and we don't have a blanket. It's a way of saying, oh, you really like to hide under a blanket. Let's pretend you're hiding. Oh, I can't see you. Where, where did you go? <laughs> you know, yeah. she has the experience of it. So it's, it, you know, it's, it's not just a trick when it works. We're really joining them in, in what they want and how, they're, how they want to experience the world. Instead of saying, but honey, can't you see? We don't have a blanket. Right. <laughs> and also, I, you said, hey, in pretend you could have five cake pops. You could have 500. Yeah. As, as uh, my mother used to say, when you're, when you're giving in fantasy, you don't have to be cheap. Yeah, you, know, you can have a swimming pool full of cake pops and just move your way through them. I love that. Yeah. That was another part of the book is giving in fantasy. That what I mean, it's it's similar ideas. Part of pretend. Yeah. yeah. Which is playing into it. Yeah. And and by the way, there are kids who want to know exactly how the world works and also love pretend. I, yeah. I remember taking my what was he, three years old, uh, to see the Easter bunny and I didn't take him to see the Easter bunny. The Easter bunny was there and, and all the kids were shaking the Easter bunny's hand. And my kid was completely freaked out at this six foot tall creature. And he was, he wanted to know what it was. And, and I told him, you know, look around the back, there's a zipper. Uh, it's, it's a person inside a suit. You can see mm. the zipper. And he looked around the back and, uh, and, and then he was like, oh, and then he went up, hi, bunny, and he shook the bunny's hand, and he was yes. extremely happy to pretend that was a bunny. Right. But he also wanted to know what the reality was, so he could join in on the pretending instead of be confused by it. Yeah, totally. So what would you say for a kid that is very logical, like if the pretend doesn't work, and somebody, I mean, that's a good example of explaining the logical thing thing because they're mm -hmm. freaked out by this huge thing well it's just pretending oh okay i understand i'm not scared anymore but if you've got a kid that's like i need a blanket would it just be the explaining of like look we're at target we don't have a blanket or what would, i mean well you could also say oh i wish we could have we had mm -hmm. a blanket now and even if they don't not into pretend that we actually have one they can relate to the oh, i wish we had one if, how big a one would you want mm. and what color and yeah. how would you want a weighted one or a light one Got you know it. so you can they can still get into the I wish we had what I want even if right. they don't want to pretend that we do because mm -hmm. their logical mind will explain well a big one because I need this and this and this and I and have an idea uh-huh yes. so you get to get in the creativity of it but you're still in the real world that's right that's right mm. I like that I love that um ultimatums we're not doing ultimatums right it's not you need to do this or you're not going to get dinner that's remind right. me why not who should remind us why not you go <laughs> it's a big topic <laughs> it's a big topic um 
we like to say that a threat can be a challenge to a spirited child. And, mm -hmm. and when you tell a child, when you tell your child, if you throw one more rock, I'm taking you straight home. Right. Your child doesn't hear the whole sentence. Your child hears, throw one more rock. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and, and even if, you know, even, even if she does, you know, even if say, say you're a very, very strict person and, and she's really afraid that she'll get a terrible punishment if she throws one more rock and she doesn't do it, you know, you've, now you've got a, you know, an intimidated, resentful child. Um, so, you know, at, we also like to say, let's try it out on ourselves. You know, how do we feel when somebody tells us, you know, sit right down, sit down right now. It's dinner time. Stop writing that email. Get yourself up and get at the table or you won't mm -hmm. get dessert. Would you feel like coming to the table for dinner? <laughs> yeah. Would you eat with a little resentful knot in your stomach? Right. Um, so say, I know how to get the dessert. You can't keep it from me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know where we keep it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So. <laughs> Give us an example, maybe, where you would feel like giving an ultimatum. And let's see if we could come up with an alternative that would make a child feel more cooperative. Well, I think the throwing rocks is a great example. Like, or maybe they're throwing a doll at their sister. <laughs> Hypothetically, <laughs> I've never experienced this. Not that that has ever happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and hypothetically, in this hypothetical, are they throwing the doll at the sister because they're tired of hearing the sister cry, for example, or get into their stuff? Or is it more like I'm feeling exuberant and I feel like throwing things and it happened to throw it at me? I think sister. it's more exuberant. The child's not doing it. The baby's not doing anything except we're just existing. Okay. Hypothetically. So I might go back to that first tool we talked about acknowledging feelings and say, you are in the mood to throw. Dolls aren't for throwing. What can we find that won't hurt people or things? And we'll look around and say, could you, what, what could you find? Maybe I'll, I'll put it on her. Or if she's, she is having trouble figuring out what to throw, I might find some stuffed animals or the scarves or the stuff, the stuffy balls, something that will give her the satisfaction of throwing things. Maybe we'll go outside and we'll get some balls. So she gets to use that exuberance, but in a safer way <laughs> so that her sister's not at risk. I used that skill. It just occurred to me when there were a room full of teenagers at my house, I think my son's girl, this goes way above your age range, but just to show how it endures, uh, his girlfriend threw him a sweet 16 party, which was really adorable. And I had a whole room full of teenagers and they were getting boisterous and they were starting to throw things. What were they throwing? I don't know what was, were they throwing a ball around the living room? I don't know. I saw all these breakable things and I didn't want to embarrass, you know, my son or embarrass them. And they were having a good time. So I thought, <laughs> I literally came in and said like, you guys are in a throwing mood. Uh, <laughs> here's a stack of paper. You can throw, you can make paper airplanes. Yeah. And I put the stack of paper down and they all, you know, dove on it and started making paper airplanes and they had a ball. So, you know, if you can give them an alternative, you can give them a choice, um, you know, redirect. Right. Well, and what you had said earlier is when you say, don't throw that, that all they hear is throw that. And that yeah. is something too, that I've really focused on. Keep your rock, keep the rocks in your hands. 
Yes. <laughs> Let's keep the rocks in your hands. Right, and because because little kids are concrete thinkers and a lot of them are visual thinkers. So mm -hmm. when you say don't throw rocks, what they hear they, they hear the throw rocks and it's right. hard to picture what don't means. What is it what does it look like to don't throw rocks? It's, we don't know what that means, mm -hmm. especially when we're two yeah. or three, right? And and so when you when you say keep them in your hands now they know what to do right a lot tell them what to, to do out. yeah but this is also true side note of us yes so instead of whenever I tell my husband I'll be like hey can you remind me to go to the post office I say and I say can you remind me instead of don't let me forget <laughs> right because yeah. it's the same for us we hear the the part of the thing that we need to do so I always try and be like okay what I can you remind me too? I need to remember <laughs> too, or whatever the positive, the positive right. part or the part that I actually want to do, not the part that I don't want to do. Yeah. That's yeah. been, that's been very helpful. And sometimes it's hard because you're like, don't splash in the tub. Keep the How? water in the tub. Yeah, yes, <laughs> exactly. And so I feel like a lot of it is just practice, like practicing all these things. And it's funny because I'll go to my dad's house and I'll tell them all these things that I'm learning about the book and all these. And, then, and I'm like, yeah, you're not supposed to say good job. And they're like, what? what do you don't say good job? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, let me remember why you're not supposed to, cause that was a big reaction. Like, I'm like supposed to, you're not supposed to say good job. You're supposed to. And from what I remember, I'll tell you what I remember. And then you guys, the experts can elaborate, but essentially well, I don't know. Good job is more of an external thing, right? And being like, you did it puts them more in charge of their, um, their experience. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We want them to be right. The, put the locus internally instead of externally, instead of having to look out and say, am I good? We mm -hmm. want them to, be able to say, I did it. I feel, I, I know that I did it. Yes. You know, I don't have to ask you. So that's. Yeah. It's that's also hard. nice to describe so instead yes. of saying, good job cleaning your room, which means I'm the judge and uh -huh. I have told you that you have done good. And if you didn't do good, then I would say it was a bad job. But instead you can say, you know, what you got, you got all the clothes off the floor into the laundry hamper and, and all those little cars and trucks, you got them in the basket. You know, I could, it's a clear, pleasant floor to walk across. And I, I would actually use that skill often when I felt like saying, what are you doing playing? I asked you to clean your room. It's still a horrible mess. And I would say to myself, this is sort of the anti-good job. I would, yeah. I would say to myself, you know, you have to start with describing the positive. So I would describe what, what the child had done. And then I would say, all that, all that's left now is, you know, to give the floor a sweep and make mm. your bed and it'll be ready for company. Totally. Uh, so, have, so they're getting an image of themselves when you describe to them something that they can keep rather than good job or good boy or good girl, which is just a judgment. Yeah. And we have to acknowledge that it's a lot easier to say good job than I see that you put all the cars away and you got the laundry, but like we, <laughs> it takes a lot more focus and people say it takes so much more time. You're like, I, I, I just want them to know it was good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I just want to acknowledge you and your audience, like it does take more attention and thought to describe what makes it a good job instead of just saying good job. But the problem is that so many people use that now for everything that it doesn't really mean much to kids. Mm -hmm. They're like, she said, good job. Okay. Well, she says that all the time. You know, it doesn't mean a whole lot. But when you start 
speaking to your kids this way and things start moving like butter, you do have the mental capacity that you didn't before. You don't have all the whining and all the resilience and all the like. The resentments and the, the, yeah, the fighting and the resentments. just kind of like calm down and you have, cause I'm thinking, oh, I don't have the mental space to go. Oh, well you did this and then, but then you also see their trucks lined up in a perfect little line. <laughs> you did that intentionally. So for you to say, wow, I see something that you clearly did intentionally. You did it. That's awesome. I don't know. Or you just don't even, you just say, I see the trucks. You, you can have enthusiasm. Wow. Look how straight they are. <laughs> you, you took the blue one and then the green one and then the yeah. red one. They're all lined up perfectly and they're all facing the same direction. I mean, I think this part of it is my, the enthusiasm in my voice is clearly saying this is exciting. And right. I, I like what I see. A yeah. lot of work went into that. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> a lot of a lot of care. But it's it's a gift to the child. Like they say to themselves, yes, I did do that. And even if I don't usually clean up and I'm not usually like, then people are like, he never cleans up. Like, well, he did it that one time. Right. I don't know how to do it. I can do it if I want to. But this describing thing also works kind of in the opposite of, and I'm, this is where I am in the book. I'm like at the end of like just little notes where it's like you walk in and your kid has their ice cream cake all over their face and their party starts in an hour. And you're like, (laughs) you just ate. And instead of oh, going, God, did you just eat that cake? <laughs> You're supposed to describe it, right? I see yeah. that you ate your birthday cake, <laughs> like, right? That's yeah. kind of what, it's the same idea. Right. Um, okay, go ahead, Julie. So, we got that story in the book because I literally was giving a talk one day and this mom said to me, my daughter walked in with chocolate all over her face. And I said, why did you eat the chocolate cake? And she said, I didn't eat it. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you could just picture where that went. Yeah. You know, obviously you did. No, yeah. I didn't. <laughs> like, be honest. It's a terrible thing to lie. You know, it's yeah. eating the cake, right? That just sort of escalates. So, uh, so I was trying, so, so I wanted the mom to know, like, there's no point in trying to get her in that moment to confess right. and say, you know, you lied, you know, don't even ask the question because you can see it on her face. You don't need to ask. I, you know, that's, that's where that story comes from. That's why you would say, I see chocolate cake on your face. I'm disappointed that was for the birthday party. Mm-hmm. You now know, what are we going to do? Now, what are we going to do? Yeah. Right. Now you have to help me figure out. And, and for next time, what can you do so you can resist if you see chocolate cake, that's not ready to be eaten okay. or <laughs> the way mine, mine works. Also, where could I put the chocolate cake next time so she doesn't see it? So she's not yeah, right. Well, that's what occurs to me is a lot is going to depend on the age of the child. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if we're talking about a two-year-old who who was looking at a chocolate cake on the table right in front of her. Yeah. I mean, a thirty-two-year-old. I'm disappointed and upset. Um, is just going to make her feel bad because two-year-olds don't have in generally you know the right. cognitive ability to think and the, ahead when faced with a chocolate cake on the table so <laughs> we just have to kind of think you know right. like if the puppy chewed the shoe you know i i have to not scold the puppy i have to keep the shoe on the shelf in the closet um same with the two-year-old i have to keep the, the cake out of sight but if it's an older kid i mean you can't this goes two ways this whole acknowledging feelings thing you can not you know i'm i'm very upset we have a whole bunch of people coming and we were going to serve that for dessert i i don't know what to do we need a solution uh and and you 
sharing your feelings with them is going to be more impactful and make them want to fix the problem and not repeat the that problem more than punishing them because punishing them actually distracts from the problem punishing mm. them makes them feel mm, angry and resentful bad about themselves and you can't think straight when you feel angry and resentful and bad about yourself but you know if if you don't attack and you don't punish and you just talk about your own feelings like i'm so upset i you know, I I spent a lot of time making that cake. Now I'm really talking about an older kid here who can take this in. I spent yeah. a lot of time making that cake and it was supposed to be for all of our guests and, and now it's gone. You know, what should we do? And then you can also talk about when you're not in that moment, what should we do next time? You know, right. what can you do when you feel tempted? You know, should we put a little bit of the, you know, a little bit of cake aside for tasting maybe? Like, yeah work with them on on how to manage temptation because right. that's that's a skill you're going to need in your life right totally yeah without making them feel terrible about themselves yeah well because i can imagine if they're getting in trouble they're going to go and be sad and they're upset about their emotions but they're not thinking oh the cake was on the counter i shouldn't have eaten it and mom's upset now they're just like i'm shame i'm ashamed and i'm, I'm shovel and yeah we're if I'm you a bad person <laughs> i would say i'm 32 and i've been looking at that cake all morning too and i wanted to eat it <laughs> and i have to wait <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah all right we're gonna take a brief break so i can tell you about a company that i'm affiliate with it's one of my favorite baby carriers and it's called tush baby and tush baby is perfect for when your baby wants up down up down up down so when you put them in the carrier they want out of it and then they want back in it and it's just a hassle. This thing is fantastic. It is a belt with a seat and your baby can sit facing you, facing outward. She loved this thing in Target, which surprised me. I used it in the morning. Caregivers like this, grandparents, because it alleviates some of the pressure on the hips and the back. If you're interested in checking out Tish Baby, code Hey Shayla. Let's get back to the show. So part of doing all of this has allowed me to kind of like be a kid and in, like I keep saying enjoy it but I really do get to just be like goofy and I'm like oh I'm the mom I want to be like I get to mm. be this fun mom that's like making <laughs> all these jokes and like hmm Aaliyah I'm your shoe and I'm hungry for your foot and she's like no and I'm like yeah come here let me eat it and like and I got those tips from the book and it's just so fun when I get to probably like do you hear that the bath said Aaliyah you need to come in here and just like it's it like makes me happy to be that mom and it makes me happy to have these tools that I get to like test out, honestly, because some of them don't work. And then you're like, on to the next one. Like, right. let's try something else. Um, but I just, I'll just for those people who are following you who feel like I'm not really the playful type. I'm not really know how. I don't know how to do. How, I don't know how you came up with this idea. These ideas. We have a lot of ideas in the book for specifically how to be playful. And the one that you were referencing, without yes, saying it, all was, of these are your ideas. Like, well. It was, <laughs> is to make an inanimate object talk that's yes. why the shoe was saying i'm hungry i need a foot right or i'm you know or the bathtub saying well, i need a body in me i'm just hanging out here alone mm -hmm. and there's so many little kids who cannot resist talking shoes and talking bathtubs and it is amazing how you can get kids to do things when you aren't the one telling them even though they know that you're the one who's actually saying it right <laughs> yes. know, it's kind of amazing you know i try to get my kids to do something and i realize this isn't working and i look around um, you know in my environment and i'm like okay here's my water bottle mm -hmm. i can make it talk 
hello, yeah. hello, I have an announcement. Yeah. <laughs> or even like the robot voice, not even an object, just all of a sudden there's something uh, else. Yeah. 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 I'm glad that you put context to that because that was a point of like making inanimate objects talk or using silly voices or doing these things. And that's what, that's, what's so nice about the book is that it, it does give you exactly the tools to use. And then I'm like trying to get her shoes on. I'm like, <laughs> I've got something for this. <laughs> we're very into specifics because I think when you're, yeah. when you're in the moment and you're losing your mind, you can't think of like, Oh, there's this theory. How will I apply it? Yes. We're like, well, that's this is how yes. these words were used. I, I have, you know, one, my crowning glory of making an inanimate object talk was when <laughs> my two-year-old would refuse to, you know, he would be clutching his crotch and dancing around. And, and sometimes it was in public and people would tell me, you know, your, your son needs to go to the bathroom. Oh, does he? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I knew if I told yeah. you, you know, Dan, you need to go to the bathroom. He would say, no, I don't. <laughs> and he would keep doing that till he peed on the floor, peed in his pants. Mm -hmm. I could not tell him to go to the bathroom. And, you know, we had a little problem solving session that I won't go into here, but it's in the book and it was pretty humorous. But what the, the solution ended up being that I had this little Statue of Liberty souvenir from having taken my class to the Statue of Liberty. And, and he said, the little green man will say, pee pee in the pot. So I used to carry that little green man with me everywhere. And if I saw him, you know, doing the dance, I would take out the Statue of the Liberty and put it to his ear and say, baby in the pot. Gosh. And then he would talk back to it in a whisper. You know, I, I never knew what he said. And then he would go <laughs> and, and go to the bathroom. So I took myself out of the loop. He didn't like being told what to do. Right. Right. I and the lady of the harbor could yeah. tell <laughs> what to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. And it's but that's why I'm glad that you give the examples because it does it is so tangible. Like even the I'm like, wait, there's no ultimatums, right? Why? But like the examples, I'm like, oh yeah, shoo. But like Beth, I can do it. And it's just so helpful. It's so helpful. Um there was <laughs> I feel like I need a book from you guys about siblings. Do you have a sibling book? <laughs> How to get sibling rivalry and like. <laughs> There's a sibling chapter in the little kids book. And don't we have something about siblings also in the, in the new book? We have stuff about the new book also. Yeah. I yeah. think, I can't remember if this is from the book or just from Instagram, honestly, but talking to my baby mm -hmm. about my toddler. Is this in the book? It, uh, I, I'll just I think going. there's something in the book. There's something in the book where I believe this was from my home. Maybe it was from your home too, Julie. Uh, the, the baby needs so much attention, so much attention. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so when I was, you know, diapering the baby or dressing the baby, I would talk to him about his big brother. I would say, you should see what Dan did today. You know, he came home from school and he had a drawing that he made of a monster and it had big, scary eyes. And the baby doesn't care what you're saying, but, but you know, the little brother, the, the older brother is just beaming with joy. Right. So as you're taking care of the baby, he's sort of the, the star of the show. Yeah. Absolutely. Is, is yeah. that the one you were referring to? No. Well, I mean, that's, oh. it's the exact same concept. It's just talking to my baby about my toddler in a positive light yeah, and having yeah. them overhear it and kind of, yeah. And also, yeah. cause like what, Oh, 
the baby will grab Aaliyah's hair or my, my toddler's hair a mm. lot. And Aaliyah knows now just go, Oh, mommy, 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 mommy. And I go, Ezzy, we need to be nice to Aaliyah's hair. And I'll like unravel her hand. And I'll be like, let's let uh, Aaliyah, are you okay? Okay, good. Ezzy, let's not do that again. And I just like am reinforcing these rules. And my brother-in-law was on the phone with me one time. He's like, are you talking to the baby? I'm like, <laughs> I am reinforcing things and Aaliyah is overhearing and this is working very well. Yes, I am talking <laughs> to the baby. Um, yeah. yeah, but I also, in the book, I do remember you talking about having your toddler be the baby and be like, oh, come here, little baby. And like, cause you're giving all this baby attention to <laughs> the baby. <laughs> and then sort of then treat your toddler like that. Sometimes, I mean, Aaliyah likes it. I wrap her up and snuggle her and kiss her Aww. like I do the baby. Yeah, and she just thinks it's the greatest thing ever. And it's, I don't know, just kind of an interesting thing. Cause you're always like, you're the big kid. You're the big kid. Now you're a big girl. Right. And it doesn't make them feel like they're, mm. they're getting what they want. I learned that trick from um, a mom in my very first group. Cause she had, she had raised a couple of kids and then she'd started mm. over again. So she had like kids that were yeah. late teens and then she had the, the babies again. And so she said, oh, well, sometimes kids need baby time like oh baby time and and then I, I started to notice yes even the our big you know once they're two they're not little they're big kids mm -hmm. but even the big kids sometimes they they look at their babies the babies around them and they're like I want that mm -hmm. and if we say do you need some baby time even my daughter she would climb into my lap she would you know she would need baby time she would suck on my on my sweater Funny. as if she were nursing and I would pat her oh my big baby my big baby and then you know a couple minutes later she'd pop up and she'd be a big kid again over it's yeah. like it's like a fill up they need that well it's a it's an undivided attention that you're giving this baby so I, it mm. makes sense that they would want the same sort of attention yes Ugh. we want them to not need it that's why we tell them they're so, they're big, they're right? Big yeah, <laughs> totally. You can have two babies. Yeah. That, right? I need you to be bigger. Yes. But, so it seems counterintuitive to, to say, oh, you want to be a baby too? Because uh, uh, the other thing that kids will do is they'll they'll start talking baby talk. You know, the the, the two or three year old will say, mama, mama. Uh-huh. And they're like, don't do that. I'm yes. Like, yeah. The parents will come to me like, I can't take the baby talk. I'm like, treat her like a baby. Take her up, pick her up, you know nurse her Funny. pat her tell her oh my big baby and then and then she'll get she'll get what she's needed she's telling you she needs to be treated like a baby hmm. interesting when I when I take these because I'm telling my sister about this book she has a five-year-old and she she treats me like I'm the expert just because I've read the book one time she's like all right how about this and she's like, <laughs> he's riding his bike out and I tell him he needs to come inside and he says no and I go oh I know riding your bike is really fun and I validated it and he goes no or he'll be like, oh, just one more time. Or this, da, 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 da. And I'm like, I think you need the next book. I think you need the next book of like <laughs> when kids are the how to talk when kids won't listen. And so I put it on both of them. But like, maybe it's just different. Maybe I'm in the sweet spot of two and a half where all these things are working. But like, if they don't work, then what you just try an X trick. So he's riding his bike out. Well, one of the things that we say in our book is, is we don't want to disempower the parent. You know, you have to do what you need to do and you might need to take action. Right. You know, so if your kid is slugging his little sister, yeah. you're not going to like, oh, you really feel angry at little sister. Yeah. I can see how upsetting it is to you. You wish you would go back to the, you know, we could give her to an orphanage. Um, 
you know, you're going to stop the kid and, and right. if the kid, you know, sails off on his bike, you know, without the helmet, you know, without the helmet, you know, it's like, oh, you're not going to just say, oh, it feels nice to ride with the wind in your hair. You're going to, you know, put your hand yeah. on the bike and say, I can't let you ride without a helmet. You know, don't want you to suffer permanent brain injury. Right. You know, it feels so nice to ride with the wind in your hair. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I can't let you ride without a helmet. Right. Um, so, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to, you, you have a choice. You can wear the helmet and ride your bike, or we can choose another activity. Uh, so, so we're going to take action, but not, you know, what is the matter with you? Right. We're going to, we can take action while acknowledging feelings. Right. And then we can help a child move on with a choice or we can put the child in charge. You know, what kind of activity can you think of that you, that doesn't require a helmet? You know, <laughs> let's, you know, put him in charge or her in charge. Why should you have to do all the thinking? So there there's various ways you can go with that. But no, we don't want to we don't want to disempower parents and say you just sit there and acknowledge feelings and you don't you know, move to take action for the health and safety of your child and the right. health and safety of your sanity. Yeah. You know, oh, honey, you don't feel like going to bed. Well, you stay up all night. I'll entertain you. Right. Um, yeah. You can say, oh, it's hard to go to bed. You don't want the fun to end. It's sleepy time. You know, mommy needs to sleep. You need to sleep so we can get up in the morning. You know, what should we do? Do you want to read a story or do you want to listen to music to help you fall asleep? Well, and do you think that, because I kind of thought if she starts doing these things and starts validating him, he'll feel more understood and then be more cooperative. So it's not just like a, oh, it didn't work that time. It's like, yeah. we'll start trying it for like the month. And then by the end of the month, hopefully he feels in general more validated because it'll be, I'm going to start with, he's a great kid. <laughs> All kids are good kids, but sometimes- you There just was actually a study done on that where where they had parents- um, sit down and play with their children and interact with them over something like making a puzzle. Uh, and one set of parents, they told to give their kids a lot of directions and a lot of commands like, uh, 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 no, not that one. Start with the mm. corner piece, put that back now. And the other set of kids, they said, you know, follow your kid's lead. Don't tell them what to do. And then at the end, they had the parents say, you know, it's time to go, you know, get your coat, and we've got to head to the car. And the kids that had been ordered around for the last 20 or 30 minutes were very resistant. Mm -hmm. And the kids that had been allowed to take the lead, okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think there's a nice aura effect because, because we don't always do this. Sometimes we say like, oh, we have to get in the car, we're late. Right. And And the kid that has been ordered around all day is the kid that's more likely to dig in her heels hmm. and give you a hard time. So I, I think your instincts are are correct on that. I don't know hmm. if Julie has a different perspective. I, I agree. I agree. I was just thinking about how when my oldest was two and we had this regular appointment that was like a 10 minute drive. So of course I always left 45 minutes at least. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he was definitely a kid who had his routines. When we got to the, to the place where we were going, there was this pole, I think it was some sign, you know, no, do not park sign or something. And he had to twirl it around three times and we had to go inside and he had to line up the chairs a certain way before he, could, like they all had to be done a certain way. 
which was part of the 45 minutes like, yeah. day. Um, and then there was one day when I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't carve out 45 minutes. And I said, you know, today we're going to have to go at adult speed, like really fast. And he was willing to do it because most of the time I was willing to, to do what he felt like he needed to do. Hmm. And, and he was only two at the time. Right. Well, yeah, I think that that's, yeah, just how, I mean, it's like you, if your boss, if your boss is just micromanaging you, you're pretty resistant mm. to everything. If they like appreciate the creative ideas that you have, you're more likely when they have some feedback or whatever. But if, if, yeah, I mean the entire book, you're, the second book I feel like is this, but when they're not listening, that's essentially what it was. Cause then I was standing there with her and he did it. He like went off on his, without his helmet and she's like, you need to come back here. And he's like, Oh, just one more time around. Oh, this, Oh, I have to go bring this back to the neighbor's house. Oh, I have to. And like has a list of things that needs to be done before, or like, well, I'm not going that fast. So I'm not going to get hurt. Or just all of that is all of that. What you're the second book is all going to help with, I guess. Uh, yes. And I mean, I just want to give you a little hint because, you know, if, if you have a problem like that, where every time he gets on the bike, they have this big argument about, you know, no, you have to wear your helmet. No, I'm just going for a short ride. It's not going to be very far. I'm not going to fall like that. If, if that keeps happening, then I would find a time to sit down with him, not when he's about to get on the bike, not when he's already on it, but another time when, you know, things are, things are pretty cool and say, I was thinking about, you know, what the thing about your wearing a helmet when you go for a bike ride and like how much you hate that you just really hate it when you know and you hate it when I say oh honey you have to come back you put your helmet on you and don't like how the strap feels on your chin you don't like how it squeezes your ears it, yeah and it's just and it takes time and you, never, you can't find it like whatever right I would that I would start there hmm. right acknowledging as you said his experience right mm -hmm. and then I would say you know what it is for me like it actually it's actually, I mean, I don't I'm like, what, what do you tell? Let's see, he's a five-year-old. I don't know if I want to say, like, you can fall and lose your brain. I got yeah, right. to go that far. But, yeah. you know, it's and, and here in California, it's actually a law that I'm not allowed to let you ride your bicycle without a helmet. Till, I won't mention till you're 18, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, you know, I'm not, I'm not allowed to let you do that. And it's, and it's for the safety of your head. What could we do so that we need to find some sort of solution that works for you because you hate when I'm like nagging you and reminding you and I hate having to tell you like we need a we need a different system so that we don't do this all the time because neither one of us likes it right now now I'm I don't know what he's going to come up with parents say to me well what if he doesn't come up with an idea well you know it is possible I'll say I'm going to put the bike away for now because it's just too hard to remember the helmet right. but maybe he's got taking come up action with a sign. yes taking action but before that happens, I always say to parents, try it, because parents are often so surprised at the ideas of their kids when they come up with an idea themselves, like, okay, I'll, I'll make a sign that says, you know, put me on before I ride, love the helmet. Um, and and it, it can change the mood, it can change the feeling about what this issue is all about. Yeah. You never know what we're going to come up with. Excuse me. So, and that's that's what I've been talking about. Is we go into in depth in in both books about problem solving, mm -hmm. how to do it, what the steps are, and um, you know, I'm just giving you a quick example. But yeah, take a look. You know, for those who aren't familiar, with that. yeah, yeah. And, and I I just want to say it again: the parent is not disempowered. The parent could take action. The parent can say, I, you know, it's, you know, not only is it not safe for your head, it's actually against the law. I can't let you do it. I'm, 
I'm going to put away the bike for now and right. we'll take it back out when we think of a solution. And we're not saying, if you ride one more time without your helmet, that's it. I'm going to take your bike away. Right. Because that, that's a very different tone. I'm threatening you. You can't have, will, will she really do it? Can she force me? <laughs> if she does do it, I'm going to be so angry and it's going to be so unfair. Right. Um, but I'm instead, you're just you stating your value. I worry too much about, I worry too much about your head and, and, and it's actually the law and I, I can't let you do that. So but I think you, you can go there, but I don't think you'll even ever get there if, right. if you engage your child. In- but I like that you're, you're open to like, you're not purists of like, oh, you should never, you should never punish your child. You should never take things away. You should talk it out. You should calmly, like sometimes that doesn't work. Just like how, when I tell my family, we don't say good job. And then they go, oh, good job. Oh, oh, shoot. I should. I'm like, no, you can say good job. We're just also going to say other things. We're also going to try these things. Sometimes I might yell. Sometimes I might give an ultimatum. You're going to yell. (laughs) I shouldn't have given the ultimatum. We're going to apologize. We're going to repair, whatever. These are like tools in your toolbox. There's lots of things that are happening. So I appreciate that you're saying, yeah, here's the things that you should try. But if all things fail and your child's not being safe, you have the power to make that situation safe. Grab them and drag them off the street. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, somebody said there's always a choice. Do you want to leave with your feet on the ground or do you want me to carry you? <laughs> That's a good choice. Those are your choices. And, yeah. and and my mother's mentor, my mother who wrote how to talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk, her mentor was the psychologist Dr. Gannat. And he used to say you know, nobody can do this stuff all the time. You know, as a mm. parent, we aim for 70%. 70%. Some, some days, 50% is all we can manage. And sometimes even 10% can make a real difference in a relationship. So, you know, you don't have to be orthodox. He would say you can be reform. <laughs> that I feel like is with everything. Parenting is yeah. so hard and you learn all these, like, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need yeah. to do this. And then when you feel like you're not doing it, you're failing. It's like, no, you're doing it 90%. Girl, you're over halfway there. Yeah. 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 So I think that's key. And I also think that this is such a gift to our children because that voice in your head that says those things that you're like, oh, I didn't want to say that. They're going to have a different voice in their head because they're going to hear us and how we've spoken to them. And that's a real gift. My mom used to have a thing that she would say, which was, erase and start again and she would make an eraser sign wait let me erase and start again you walk backwards out of the room and come back in and um i think you know now it would be control alt delete and start yeah. again <laughs> to bring that into the modern era yes <laughs> but, that's um, so good and it just allows for mistakes yeah. and allows for yeah. repair and that you don't have to worry your kids will never misbehave again you know you're going to get another chance yeah. right your kid is going to throw another doll at the baby and you know <laughs> we'll ride off on of- the bike again you get a lot of chances <laughs> you get to practice this a lot yes. you miss your one- oh, it was my one opportunity <laughs> and the thing about the doll and i just said no that's horrible don't do that but that's how you oh, feel sometimes yeah you're like yeah. i ruined it that's they're going to go to therapy and talk about this moment and they're not going to remember it as much as you do because that's the most of the time when I feel like I've like just I'll call my husband I'm like this is I've had a very bad parenting moment he'll be like did you hit them I'm like did I hit them no of course I didn't hit them and like they probably don't even know that I'm but the feeling that I feel inside he's like 
what? I'm like, it's, it's just a bad feeling Aww. inside. <laughs> He's like, Shay, I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> okay, thanks. See you later. <laughs> uh, okay. Thank you guys so much for t- chatting about all this stuff. And I appreciate that. I, I just, I'm just, ah, thank you for the book that you made. But more than the book, you have workshops that you do consistently, right? Ongoing. Yes. And, and for people who feel like I can't just get it from a book, I need to be able to ask questions. I need to practice. I need yeah. to, I need to get some feedback. I need to get ideas on this specific, I, I sort of get it, but what do you do in this, this situation? The workshops are live interactive online. Uh, so, and I, I continue to offer them periodically for at different times of the day for different time zones and so on. So if they go to our website, which I know you're going to have on your website, yeah. how to talk, with dashes between the words how dash two dash talk.com they can they can find that and i also work one-on-one with with parents who just want to have you know answers to their particular questions and and get some, special time yeah special time, yes but <laughs> that's key because it's like my sister asking me these questions and i'm like i don't know i don't know i just learned the one and it worked for me and it, yeah but if somebody has like they're actually struggling or they're just like i need more help yep. that's so fantastic yeah i love that you do that thank you yeah Thank you guys for getting this message out into the world. Thank you for helping. Having us on your podcast and making it all come alive with cake pops and (laughs) one dolls. I mean, that's... (laughs) We'll talk soon. Thank you. Okay, bye. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please share with somebody you think would love. And I would be so honored if you would subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment and rating below so I can know what you guys are digging, what you want more of, just connect with you a little better. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.